Welcome to the Everything Podcast, the place for everything education. Whether you're a first-year teacher or a seasoned educator, our mission is to help you employ smart strategies in and out of the classroom. We firmly believe that teacher burnout isn't inevitable. Part inspiration and part implementation, we discuss the why and how to make your classroom effective and sustainable. We're your hosts, Danielle and Nicole. You're listening to the Everything Podcast, podcast episode 50. Hey, Danielle, we made we it. We did. 50 episodes in the yes. books. I can't believe we have come this far, and somehow it feels like we've only just begun. I know. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I, I kind of feel like that's the type of thing that happens with school years, too. Definitely. You feel it's like I, I've been there for three days, but I feel like I've also been there all year. Yes. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Um, one of my colleagues, uh, I saw him at the like first day of school and he just says to somebody else, 179. And I had no idea what he was talking about because he wasn't speaking <laughs> to me. And he goes, did you tell her? I give you the countdown every day. And I'm like, wow. When oh, you're my starting gosh. the countdown for the last day of school after the first day yeah. of school. <laughs> Not sure what kind of message that's sending, but I guess that's a topic for another (laughs) time. (laughs) But yes, we are fresh to the school year, chatting about all new ways of approaching this this new academic year. And today we are getting into some specifics regarding how to make your classroom transitions a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. And I do have some experience with this, so I'll be sharing a lot about that and hopefully providing some helpful tips for those that are in similar situations. Yeah, I was going to say, so Nicole, for this school year, you're back to the beginning in some ways because you're, you find yourself without a, a home base at school. That's right. Yes. But, you know, you make it work. You figure it out. In my now six years of experience mm-hmm. teaching... I've had a number of years where this has been the case where I don't necessarily have a home base. I don't have, I don't have a home, Yeah, (laughs) but you figure out how to make it, which is what I'm going to share about today. And, you know, the beauty of this topic is that unlike a lot of other really great classroom tactics, there's not technology involved in this one. Not a whole lot, at least nothing that you have to purchase, be really, you know, hyper tech savvy about this is truly a matter of timing and using uh, making really wise decisions to just make your classroom roll and flow as easy as possible. I I don't have direct experience with this, but I would imagine that utilizing technology when you don't have a classroom that you can call home can be a bit of a struggle and might even feel a little bit risky at times. It does, especially when every classroom seems to have a different system, Mm -hmm. a different set of wires, (laughs) a different way to troubleshoot things. But um, what I mean to say is that I'm not, you know, trying to explain a new way to use a new app or a new a new tool in the classroom. It's simply just reflecting on the ways that I've started to understand how to make this work for myself, because it's. It is a a different way of uh, moving throughout your day, Mm -hmm. and it can be very stressful if you don't approach it in the right way. And I feel like this, not always, but frequently happens to new teachers. Yeah. So not only are you trying to, like, figure out the system that is the school, but you also have this added layer on top of things. Maybe you're even new to the profession, not even just to that particular um, academic environment. It's a lot to figure out. So... 
I hear you have five really great pieces of advice for us today. I do. I I hope they are (laughs) really great. (laughs) This has been based on my own experience. I hope this is helpful for some. I believe it will be. (laughs) And you make such a good point. It is definitely for new teachers, new to the school, you know, depending on your, on the population you're working with, this is usually, it's also a matter of just crowd control. Where do you, where do you put all the kids? So in a lot of ways, this is transferable to whatever school setting you're in and whatever amount of experience you may have. So my first two are pretty tied. Mm -hmm. So the first, I'm going to steal a line from our friend Kelly Jackson. Mm -hmm. And she always says, everything needs to have a home. Yes. And that is so very true. And when I think about that phrase, I think, yes, all of the papers need to have a home, sure. But it's also about the way the things that I'm carrying with me that also need to have homes. Can you, you know, I just picture... talk a little bit more about literally transporting things? Like what what are we looking yeah, at? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I mean I'm I'm picturing myself even mm-hmm. today. I <laughs> someone was like, Do you need help? Yeah. <laughs> are you good? <laughs> because I had you know, 20 mini whiteboards, markers, my bag, coffee. Mm-hmm. I had two binders and I'm just, you know, booking it down the hallway, getting to my next class. And, you know, I've approached this in a few different ways where I've had, I've requested to have a cart, mm-hmm. you know, I have a cart on wheels, yes. which tends to make things a lot easier. This year, I'm not doing that. I do have a desk in a classroom, which comes back to that whole point of having a mm-hmm. home, you know, although it's not technically you know, my, my one and done classroom, it is the place that I do consider to be home. And I'm going to touch on that in a bit as well, but it is the idea that things do belong somewhere, but for me to transfer from place to place, I do need to have things that work, you know, for the next class and the following two, because I can't come back home yeah. <laughs> to make that Absolutely. happen. So, yeah. So in having a home, you know, I, I try my best to have a nice system with each class Mm -hmm. where I have a pre, during, and post set of folders. So I usually have it in in an accordion Mm -hmm. that allows them all to stay together. And, you know, the kid that's absent or, you know, you just need to have that extra copy. It's there. You know, it's not in that, in that home base, wherever that might be. Um, So having those extra copies are really helpful. And, you know, just having that physical space, it seems really simple, but in, in, action it's kind of a lot to <laughs> to keep everything straight Absolutely. and especially with with each class and luckily i'm only teaching two different sections mm-hmm. of spanish so with that i have a lot less to be concerned about if for example i was teaching more than two you know that would be many sets of folders yeah definitely <laughs> and it sounds like because you're not using a cart this year you just have this all in like a super huge bag several super huge bags yeah. Okay. Yeah, we've shouted out the teacher yes. tote a couple times on this podcast. That's that's definitely a future goal of mine to have the teacher mm-hmm. tote because it is it carries it all. But for now, I do have my regular teacher bag and I do have compartments that I separate it so that it's Spanish level mm-hmm. one on one side and Spanish level two on the okay. other. And I keep things separate in that way. But inside my bag also, you know, I have all the backups. I have backup batteries for my clicker. Mm -hmm. I have a backup clicker. I have my backup charger. I have, you know, all of the things because although I do have a home base, which is very nice, my bag is my home base in a lot of ways. And I can't be asking a student to go and bother the teacher who was in the previous classroom to help me get the thing that I need. So just being really aware, trying to anticipate as much as you can about that is huge. So definitely having those folders, having my bag organized in the right Mm -hmm. way is huge as well. 
And another way that, you know, I've just started to really start to own it a little Mm -hmm. more is in asking the teacher whose classroom I am in, asking that teacher for help. So whether it's a drawer or a shelf or a little compartment and people are so willing, they're, they're happy to help you. Everyone's been there. Right. Right. And, and that's just what you have to do at a certain point because you, you simply can't carry it all in your yeah. bag or stumble down the hallway like I tend to do. And again, this is often the position that a new teacher is in and it might seem kind of intimidating to ask the person who has been in that classroom, that exact classroom for the last like 18 years, um, can I please have just a yeah. No, do it. <laughs> They're going to say yes. <laughs> Of course. And it doesn't always strike someone as, oh, you need a place for your things right. if they aren't used to that, if they haven't been that in that situation. So just knowing how to articulate that, I think, is really important. Mm-hmm. It took me more than one year <laughs> to get to that point. I always felt like I was a burden to teachers. And the truth is, everyone's been there. And to make you have to be your best for your students. That's what really matters. Mm-hmm. So to have a place for all of the things is more important than feeling a little embarrassed that you don't want to ask someone. So get over yeah. it. <laughs> and they might not realize to offer. If you're waiting yeah. for them to offer, you could be waiting a very, very long time. Exactly. All right. <laughs> so step one is making sure that you are organized with all of the things that you are responsible for. So having those pre, during, and post folders that you recommend, having everything in your bag, including all of the things that aren't things you plan on needing like the batteries I mean what a great example all all the all things, the things. <laughs> and then carving out somewhere in each room to set up shop a little bit yeah. I imagine that even in terms of lesson planning um, policy planning procedures not having a home yeah. base factors in it does especially when you realize you know going into it wow this classroom looks a lot different than my other four yeah right? And I don't have this set of baskets that I need to collect assignments, Mm -hmm. or I don't have this place to put the cell phones that I collect at the start of class. So getting familiar with what your classes look Mm -hmm. like, right? Actually going and visiting them is huge and trying to anticipate what your students will need. And I do find that having a system across the board is helpful just to start, you know, whatever amount of experience you have in the classroom. I'd say that's just the way that I start every, every class, every year. Mm -hmm. And then I adjust as I need to, but, you know, and having a system for how you collect homework, how you you organize where the cell phones Mm -hmm. go, right? Everyone's always battling that, but having a clear cut system, and having that more or less the same across the board, even though it may look slightly different, maybe the organizational tool just looks a little bit different in that new space. Yeah. I think that that just helps peace of mind for you as the teacher to know that the same system happens every class period. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with those physical systems, like I said, the baskets to collect things, the organizers, the places to to hold the phones. I also tend to um, rely on my students a little bit more mm-hmm. for the systems. So in having a system in my classroom setting, I'm, I'm honest with my students day one. I'm like, look, I'm a traveling teacher and I may be arriving here just a few seconds late. And, you know, high schoolers can be pretty tough on you. They're like, ah, you're late. I'm late. I don't get in trouble. You know, all of that. So you got to be really aware of that. But I try my best, you know, to identify the kids and, you know, it may take a little while, but identify which students you can rely on to help you with these procedures. Mm -hmm. So, in arriving a few moments late or a few, you know, needing to get packed up just that smidge early, mm-hmm. having relying on those students, hey, you know, can you start to pack up these manipulatives for mm-hmm. me, right? Just making sure that you are able to have that same kind of system in place. Kids sort of anticipate what's happening mm-hmm. 
And, you know, also with the system in class time, a lot of your students will think this is where you are. This is where you exist. This is where I'm going to come and find yeah. you when I need something. And I, again, straightforward. This is not my classroom. Mm-hmm. You know, I do have a home base. It's in this room. When you need to come and see me, that's where I'll be. And having that on my syllabus, mm-hmm. making that clear to parents. And I imagine that if I'm thinking about, like, procedures in the classroom, things that I have to go over. So things like even having a bathroom pass, do you just rely on whatever passes the one that's in the room? Do you keep that on you? Tell us all the things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bathroom passes, that's been an- another one that can cause problems yeah. for sure. Usually a teacher is only supplied one, you know, for the day. But when you're in six different right. rooms, it makes it a little tough to be responsible for that. I do I do make extra copies of my bathroom mm-hmm. passes. You know, you just try and sort of negotiate like what you, what you can work yeah. with there. Um, but I, I definitely put a little bit more on my students mm-hmm. to be responsible for, you know, this is – a shared space. Yeah. So when you, you know, decide to be neglectful mm-hmm. of like the pieces of paper or the bathroom yeah. or whatever it is, like it's not just your, you know, space today, it's the other students coming in and out. So trying to be really upfront about that as well. But yeah, having systems for the bathroom, I love the sign in, sign out digital. <laughs> and that's been a huge help for me for just yeah. keeping track of kids, you know, auto stamp time, the whole thing. That's a huge way that I've sort of beat the um the typical like kids sign in sign out in the binder that I'm able to throw up against the side of the wall that they're signing in and out for them to just have one place and we've talked about this on previous episodes Mm -hmm. before the QR code scanner that sits in the back of the classroom where students sign in and out has been very helpful for me so that's one way that I do sort of uh get a little bit more tech friendly in Mm -hmm. the systems in my room. Is there any other uh, thing that comes to mind that you didn't anticipate you would need to carry on you at all times? But now having (laughs) lived this a few times, you're like, oh, yeah, no, I need to make sure I bring this to every room. Because I think like the bathroom pass, that's one of those things that unless you've gone through this, that's not making it onto your checklist before school starts. Yeah. You know, I will say in being in different teachers' mm-hmm. classrooms, everyone has their own system. And I know some teachers will encourage kids to, you know, bring in a tissue yeah. box for extra right, credit right. or, or mm-hmm. help out in that way. And others right. don't. So then, you know, there have been a couple situations, you know, emergency tissue yeah, situations. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just leave yes. it at that. So, <laughs> so having that on okay. hand is huge. And also just some things that you may not anticipate kids needing mm-hmm. um, backup like I said, the batteries for, a, you know, a timer game we're using, mm-hmm. um, extra pens, expo markers, you know, they're gone in a blink mm-hmm. of an eye. So having all of those backups is helpful because as much as you rely on the person in the classroom, you know, you have to be self-reliant mm-hmm. as well. And speaking of the systems, I forgot to mention this earlier, but something that I, I have started doing, which has been really helpful for me, you know, I used to just scramble, run into the class at the start of the period, and I would write the objective for the day on the board right very quickly as my students got mm-hmm. situated doing our do now. And what I've, what I've started to do is actually type the objectives for the week. Mm-hmm. You know, so each day has its own objective, print that out and I have a magnet and that just, you know, I slap it on the board as I walk in and that's our mm-hmm. objective. So it's 
prepared ahead of time, which has been so helpful for me. I mean, honestly, it's probably not even a minute of time that's saved. But as you know, starting a class period with oh, a bunch yeah. of high schoolers watching your back as you're mm-hmm. writing something, it doesn't right. help. It doesn't help get things focused. And so I imagine in that, having you that even probably because you're moving room to room, if you're doing, say, electronic attendance at your school, you even need those seconds just to sign in, sign out of the other teacher's account and then sign into your account. So that way you can submit attendance on time. Yeah, it's it's a lot to think about. So in putting those mm-hmm. systems in place early on is is really important, which sort of leads me into my next, you know, rule yeah, of thumb us. here. We have the first, everything is at home. Yeah. Second is everything, you know, have mm-hmm. a system. And the third is spend the time, okay. you know. Someone might be thinking, okay, you you type up your procedure, you print it. Oh, that sounds like so much time, you know, for you to spend for the whole mm-hmm. week doing that. And truthfully, you know, you're in a situation that you you need to spend the time. Yeah. You know, it kind of comes with the territory. And whether that's after school or before, but you're responsible for these students in a lot of different locations. And it's on you to make sure that it's as comfortable and as safe as possible, functional as possible. Yeah. So. That's that's on you to figure out what system can you put into place that will allow the class to run as smoothly as mm-hmm. possible from the very second that you walk in. Yeah. So and spending the time, you know, Friday after school, sure, no one wants to hang around, but maybe that's the time that you have no one else around mm-hmm. you or you can, uh, you know, get those objectives ready for the following week. Maybe it's the time that you can make all of the copies, maybe even the extra copies that you know you're probably <laughs> going to need based on the population and you stick it in that mm-hmm. classroom for the following week. I mean, you had mentioned earlier that you think that when this kind of happens, when you are a traveling teacher, the students often need to take a little bit more responsibility. And it sounds like you feel the same way. You are also accepting a little bit more responsibility. You're kind of going above and beyond because of the situation. Yeah. Yeah. And I think kids respond to that. They understand, you know, everyone, everyone's empathetic. They see you struggling down the Mm -hmm. hallway and (laughs) they want to help, which is always a nice feeling. And the amount of times I've had kids say, Hey, can I take that Mm -hmm. for you? You know, maybe we'll walk together to our, you know, similar location or whatever. It's really nice. I also imagine it has created a little bit more empathy, even on your part for students who (laughs) for periods, until they go to their locker and they're like falling over with that backpack right now. Oh my gosh. So true. Exactly. (laughs) All right. So tell us about rule of thumb number four. Yes. So this is another one that I've had to work on a little bit. And my rule of thumb is don't waver on authority. Mm -hmm. So I mentioned, you know, you can just picture me running down the hallways with all of my stuff and kids see it too. And they're like, oh, wow, look at this disorderly, disorganized teacher trying to make her way to her next location. Does she even know where she's going? You know, just that whole Mm -hmm. thing in in doing your best to really be as authoritative as possible and to just own your space Mm -hmm. as much as possible. I mentioned a couple of times how I am upfront with my students from the beginning. Hey, this is a shared space. I'm traveling. I may need to, you know, arrive just a few seconds late. I may need to do this. And just keeping it very upfront. I feel that sometimes when that kind of goes unspoken, mm-hmm. there are some things that get get blurred in the lines and kids don't know where to find yeah. you. They don't know what the best, you know, mode of communicating with you is because they don't know where your home base, maybe you have a mm-hmm. mailbox, whatever that might mean for you. So and just trying to keep that authoritative figure in the classroom you know, kids will respond to that yeah. well when you ask them to. As a new teacher, you're almost embarrassed, right? You're mm-hmm. late. You're I got lost. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you try you try your best. And in trying to really just keep a very strong presence in the mm-hmm. classroom, you just have to get past that point of feeling like, wow, I don't have a place that, 
you know, is my own Mm -hmm. and you just have to own it. And I think even if you're not a teacher that travels, but maybe you have one really tough transition, like I know for my duty period this year, I am on the other side of the building, like the furthest possible place that I could be in. And I told my students from the very beginning, like, hey, period five, I am coming from way, way over there. So when I get here, I shouldn't hear people saying like, is she absent today? Because if you don't say that early on, you're going to hear that conversation every single time, even if you're there before the bell, like it it does not matter. (laughs) Um, And I just, you know, tell them, you know, when you're coming here from that side of the school, it's also difficult for you to get here. Same thing. I'm actually at the same school that you are. Therefore, (laughs) it's, it's a challenge. Is there anything that you do to try to make the room feel a little bit more yours? Because I feel like part of the problem of being a traveling teacher is that no matter which classroom you're in, it never quite feels yours. You might even have like the other teacher sitting in the back of the room because they really need that computer that particular time and things like that. Yeah, I will say I've gotten so lucky with the teachers, you know, the shared rooms that I've been Mm -hmm. in. They've been so receptive to any idea that I might have in putting, like I said, my objectives, Mm -hmm. my homework, sharing parts of the board permanently for the whole year and having um, bulletin boards specific to my classes. And, you know, I've gotten so very lucky with Mm -hmm. that and definitely do not take that for granted because it is certainly, uh, it's not the standard, but um, it's something that... Yes, when you know how to ask mm-hmm. for it, you know, if you do think that it would enhance the learning experience yeah. in your room. So that's, you know, that should be a priority mm-hmm. for you. And I've learned to ask for exactly that. And if maybe each classroom doesn't have the same layout, right. have the same, <laughs> uh, you know, capabilities, you figure out how to make it work, right? I've put up like a fake whiteboard kind of thing <laughs> just to pretend like I had, you know, a little objective spot. You figure out how to make it work for mm-hmm. your kids, right? You have to do what's right for them. And in doing so, you know, I've been lucky that I've been in a lot of like language classes, maybe not necessarily mm-hmm. Spanish, but language classrooms that have the same vibe yeah, yeah. to them, so to speak. But I know a lot of Flags other traveling teachers. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yes. You know, food yeah. on the wall, all of that. And, you know, a lot of other traveling teachers. Um, I can even think back to my very first year mm-hmm. teaching and I was in um, a science lab oh, teaching Spanish. Must have just so. Felt- wrong like the cognitive <laughs> must have been real for everyone in that room it was off it was off yeah. for sure we were in the stool yeah. you know the whole thing and you figure it out again and it, you communicate with that teacher mm-hmm. and you determine how to make at least a part a piece of that classroom feel your own and kids will really lean into that and understand and that I imagine that makes you feel more comfortable too it does yes um, how does that work with <laughs> I know from having worked at the same school as you that you love to display student work I do I know it is it is a challenge I will say I've been leaning a lot more on electronic displays of work mm-hmm. um so I'll do uh on my you know classroom homepage. I'll have different displays. I'll take images, you know, I'll take photos and I'll put them on our classroom page so that when parents visit, they can see as as well as students. So I've sort of made use of that as well. When there's an opportunity to share student work, like as a school, Mm -hmm. there's a shared bulletin board, you know, that I can use. That's an example of a time that I would also share, you know, work with students permission, obviously. But that's something that, you know, as a school, you can say like, hey, maybe I don't have a spot for you in this particular room, but it goes to show that, you know, you are right here alongside other students as well. So do what you can to to celebrate them because it is tough not to have um, 
student work up. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it totally kills me. <laughs> but I think that once again, you have used your previous experience, really drawn on that and thought like, how can I still make this work? And you come up with an out of the box solution, several out of the box, out of the box solutions to make sure that your students still feel pride in their work and they still feel like they get to to show off when when they should you know tell us what is the fifth rule of thumb communication Mm -hmm. right we hear it all the time and communicating with your class is essential but I also find you know in in the years of experience that I've had as a traveling teacher communicating with the teachers that you're sharing your space with is definitely a must Mm -hmm. and also other teachers in that same area Mm -hmm. for if for example you don't necessarily feel like you have the strongest connection with someone you're sharing the room with or you don't feel like you can speak with them you do your best to communicate Mm -hmm. so that you have an understanding amongst the people around you if that if you may need additional help in opening up the classroom door for that that class period for you maybe it's the bathroom break you know I I know that Usually the teacher who's waiting for you to arrive is also going to another location. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) So in doing so, you have to be mindful of that and you can't expect anyone to be waiting for you and and vice versa. So I try and just familiarize myself with maybe who's off that period Mm -hmm. or who's around that period. Maybe they have, you know, a co-teacher and they could step out and they could help me unlock the door or, you know, at least turn on the lights for my student, whatever that might mean. But just doing my best to ask for help and and really communicate from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And, you know, things might shake up a little bit differently as the year goes on. You may find that one class just – you always have that kid that needs you to stay uh-huh. after to chat for a few I, minutes. I can come up with exactly in my mind who that was in each of my classes last year. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, just being – again, you got to walk and talk with right. me. That's what I say to them. I'm like, we got to walk and very talk together because I'm, I'm on the move. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very West Wing, exactly. That's that's what I go for in my day to day. I don't um, think the kids will and, get the reference, but you know, no. <laughs> other teachers might enjoy it. Um, you know, I mentioned before my classroom helper, which sounds very juvenile for the high school group, but I do tend to have a point yeah. person, and not to pay, play favorites or anything like that. I I try and mix it up, but having a student that is designated to either hand out things, collect mm-hmm. things, um, move the desks back in order if we tend to move the room around a little bit or even if I do know that like you said Danielle going to the opposite side of the school I know I'm gonna have to book it there I need you to please you know shut the lights off and close the door on my Mm -hmm. way out you know as the last student kind of thing so you you determine who it is that you feel is trustworthy Mm -hmm. and and you can lean on and and again you want to be careful because you certainly can't show favoritism and all of that but it's something that um, being able to lean on those around you makes this whole process so much easier and and more doable. You have given us so much great advice from hard-earned, really great (laughs) advice. Um, And I think that you've done a great job of outlining, like, maybe some things to definitely avoid, some things to definitely do. Um, There are obvious drawbacks to not having your own classroom. Are there any advantages that you found? There like a silver lining to to this situation. I do feel as if my day flies by. Interesting. The setting is always changing. (laughs) The setting is always changing. I feel like the students' moods change based on Mm -hmm. that. I don't feel like we get stuck in such a routine. You know, I I do feel like depending on the environment, I have a very different class class period. 
And although I might be doing similar activities, the classroom layout may allow for different options, mm-hmm. like seating arrangements, right. moving around the room, maybe even some flexible seating thrown yeah. in there. So I just try my best to take advantage of all that's offered in that space and try my best not to see it as anything other than that. Yeah. You know, you have to make it work for it you. It definitely helps keep things fresh, helps keep you on your toes. And it sounds like even keeps the students a little bit more on their toes just because it's a little bit out of the out of the ordinary, not what they were expecting. And given how much you talked about communication today, I imagine there are a number of people that you probably spoke to early on that you would not have otherwise. That is true. Yes, that is very true, actually. Something I was like, you know what? I don't really know them that well, but I'm just going to say, hey, I'm traveling from here and I may need your help with this. And they're like, hey, I actually may need you two periods from now. Do you think you can help me out? And I'm like, absolutely. So I feel like you know, especially because as we've mentioned, this tends to fall on newer teachers. You have a perfect opening (laughs) for building those connections. So very true. All right. Well, um, I guess the last thing I have, if you are not the person who's traveling and you don't share a room, is there anything else that maybe a colleague can offer (laughs) to someone that they know is traveling. So if I'm like three classrooms down from you and I want to be an excellent colleague, what, Mm. what, what can I do for you? What should I do for you? What a great question. (laughs) What a great question. Can I keep it a little bit more open? How about offer a conversation? Okay. I feel like so often people are not, they think that they might know the solution. Mm -hmm. And I feel like sometimes the traveling teacher may need to determine even a month in, man, I really wish I had this thing Uh or I really wish I had this space. I feel like by keeping it an open conversation and being willing to hear maybe what someone else may be working Mm -hmm. through and how you might be able to help them solve that could probably be the best answer for any any situation, any grade level, whatever that might be. Nice. Well, thank you for letting us pick your brain on this topic today. (laughs) I think that even those of us who don't travel – took away some pretty valuable lessons. Thanks, Danielle. Bye. If you'd like to learn more about us and the services that we offer, head to everything.com.